We're not as those that have no hope. <clears throat> I'm glad somebody's praying for me. And especially if you're saved, you ought to be thankful somebody was praying for your lost soul. Amen. <clears throat> can I tell you this morning, though, that our Christian life doesn't end the moment that we get saved. We can stop serving the Lord, go to church as little as possible. It doesn't work that way. Our life just begins when, when, when <clears throat> the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea. Amen. God saved them uh, from Egypt. Amen. That was awesome. But, you know, there's a period of time. Uh, that, that took place before um, they lived in the symptom of their sin. They didn't really start serving the Lord until they crossed over the Jordan River. And I'm sure that there were still some that said, okay, we crossed Jordan. We're in Canaan land now. All is well. I don't have to do anything for Christ. And shame on them. The Christian life really just begun once they got into Canaan. Amen. If you're, if, 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 if you're saved this morning, our, our, our spiritual walk isn't over. It's not just easy sin. No, no. It just begun. You just entered the war zone. You just became a soldier of the Lord. It's time to do something. Amen. Isaiah chapter 43 and Hebrews chapter 1. That has nothing to do with the message. I don't know why I was saying that. It's probably, probably for Brother Bob. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 43, verse in, uh, in, in Hebrews chapter 1. When God spoke the first time, I wonder what Rachel was going to do with that thumbnail. You know, you think about it, and you think of some of these titles, like how are you going to put a picture to that? Amen. Can I ask you this morning, have, have, has there ever been a topic that you've sat and studied, just studied it out, just a Pick a topic, and you yourself personally studied it out, what Scripture has to say about it. All the time we take three minutes or 30 seconds to see what Google says or ask a pastor, ask somebody we know, or check on YouTube to, to get what our doctrine is, but we don't actually study it for ourselves. Have you ever had an issue in your life that you were dealing with, and, and instead of just having a formed opinion already and you make up your mind about something, what did God actually say about it? Because everybody's got a whole lot of opinions that they're steadfast, they're ready to go fight, they're ready to go do whatever, hold up signs, whatever, with these strong opinions, but yet they don't actually know what Scripture says about it. God has a lot to say if only we'd listen. Isaiah 43.10 says, Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord and my servant, whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me. And understand that I am he before me. There was no God formed. Neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord. And beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and have, and have saved. And I have showed uh, when there is no strange God among you. Therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. The Jehovah's Witnesses uh, use a name that really is what we ought to be. Witnesses of Jehovah. But we need to get in the mindset as Christians in 2023. Our job is to tell the world about Christ. Our job is to study the word of God, know what it says, and tell others about it. We need to be doers and not hearers only. Oh, there's a lot of hearers out there. And everybody's got a good reason to not serve the Lord. But none of them are good enough. 
Amen. Brother Riley, would you open in a word of prayer, sir? God has spoken to his people since the beginning of time. <coughs> uh, and can I tell you this morning that God's capable of speaking to us anytime in any way that he wants to. Um, we can't put God in a box. Psalms 115 says, but our God is in the heavens. He has done whatsoever he has pleased. And God's ability to speak has never changed. Malachi 3, 6, I am the Lord, I change not. We know that God's never changed, but how he speaks to his people has. And at different times and for different reasons, God has chosen to uh, use assorted methods, without a doubt. In this day and age, God speaks to us through his unchanging word. Amen. Our precious Bible. We'll turn to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. You're probably already there. It says, God who has sundry times and diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days... You guys realize there's the last days 2,000 years ago. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. <laughs> oh, also he made the worlds, Brother Tony. <laughs> Amen. It's amazing to me the stress that Christians will find themselves in. Anxious, anxious and worried about the direction of their life. Anxious and worried about whatever valley that they're going through, whatever's coming there, whatever's happened in politics, whatever's happened in the world, stressing about it, worrying about it, <coughs> yet never taking the time to do a study on whatever that topic is. Um, I, I, I've used these examples a thousand times, but the topic of divorce, everyone's got an opinion about it. Everyone's got an opinion about what the Bible says, but have you actually studied it? Because there's, there's some specific things about divorce, and you might go, well, that one verse in Matthew. You, you know what? There's more verses than one. And God talks about it, even in the Old Testament. Actually, the Old, the, the, the Old Testament clarifies what the New Testament is talking about, because Jesus is referencing the Old Testament divorce. But we have our opinions about it, but we never studied it. I've used the analogy many times. I saw it on uh, uh, one of those comic strips. Well, I've asked this before. What's that girl with the frizzy hair? Is it Nancy? <coughs> she said that she would give anything to lose weight. And then the next thing was, except diet and exercise, and she's eating like a donut or whatever. You know, we would do anything to understand the mind of Christ. Oh, if we just had a window into the mind of Christ. It's right there. So do we actually want to know the mind of Christ? What do we love more? Learning about God or watching TV? Has there been a message where I haven't ripped on watching TV? Miss Kelly, I love watching TV. Maybe that's why. Maybe I, that's why I get on that a lot, brother Ron. Boy, if I had nothing to do, 
I, I, what I need to do is take a week off one time and just do nothing for a whole week. I don't, I don't think I could do it. I think it would be possible. But I'll try one day. Amen. <coughs> but God speak to us, speaks to us through his word. He's, he's given us his word. It, it would seem, turn to Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. It would seem that Adam and Eve talked directly to the Lord. And by the way, if you've got your fingers, do this, calisthenics. Because we're going to be turning... In scripture this morning, <clears throat> was there a collective groan? Did I hear a collective groan this time? <laughs> Amen. Genesis 3, 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the, the garden. They heard the voice of God. I wonder what that sounded like. I, 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 I can't even. David wrote about it. Turn to Psalms 23, verse 3. David wrote about this very thing. <clears throat> Psalms 29, verse 3. <coughs> it says, The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The, glory, the, the God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. <clears throat> the voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The voice shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calf and discovereth the forest. And in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. David wrote about the voice of God. Turn to Revelation chapter 1 verse 4. John obediently wrote about what he had seen and heard. He mentions the voice of God and he gave a description of what it sounded like. John the Revelator, amen. Revelation chapter 1 verse 14. Here's a description of uh, uh, somebody once told me that something about um, uh, the description of, uh, uh, of Jesus. Here it is, really. Um, not to mention he was comely. That's a whole other message, amen. Revelation 1.14. His head and his hairs were white like wool, and white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet like under fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. That's my God. Turn to Job chapter 37, verse 2. Job 37, 2. While you're turning there, Ezekiel commented on the sound of God's voice. Says, and behold, the glory, Ezekiel 43 2 says, and behold, the glory of the God of Israel came from the way of the east, and his voice was like a noise of many waters, and the earth shined with his glory. There's quite a bit to be said about the voice of God. Job had something to say about the sound of God's voice. Job 37 2. It says, Hear attentively the, no the noise of his voice, and the sound that goeth out of his mouth. He directeth it under the whole heaven, and he lighted and his lightning unto the ends of the earth. After it a voice roareth, he thundereth with the voice of his excellency, and he will not stay with them, uh, he will not stay with them when his voice is heard. God thundereth marvelously with his voice. Great things doeth he which he cannot, which we cannot comprehend. Turn to 1 Kings 19.11. 1 Kings 19.11. We're going to turn a little bit. It's good for us. 1 Kings 19.11. Here, <clears throat> and we know this scripture. Elijah had a different experience with the voice of God. This, oh man, I tell you, 
I love this passionate portion of scripture. <clears throat> the, you, you have so often, <clears throat> you, you have that skit that teenagers will often, often do when, um, um, there's different ways you could do it, but um, they'll sit there saying, <clears throat> on a chair, say, I'm, I'm just waiting for God to call me to do something. Just waiting for God to call me to do something. They start playing basketball. They start doing these other things. The phone's ringing, but they're busy doing other things. They keep putting it off, keep putting it off. But God's been calling them the whole time. People say, well, God hasn't called me to preach. God hasn't, I haven't, uh, God didn't send an angel of the Lord to, to, to tell me, you know what? God's called you to serve him. And if you just serve him, God will direct your path. We expect this angel experience and God's just going to shake the earth and we're going to go blind for a moment. We're going to hear the voice of God. If we can't learn to just hear the voice of God when it's right here physically in front of us, what do we, what, 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 really? 1 Kings 19.11 And he said, go forth. By the way, it's God telling Elijah to go forth. He says, then he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. That's a strong wind, by the way. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. If you can't learn to listen to that still, small voice, you're not going to be able to listen to the Lord through the fire, through the earthquake. If you can't learn to listen to that still, small voice, when it's a still, small voice, you're not going to be able to hear that when somebody dies in your family and, and you have all the noise of everything that's happening. It's going to be drowned out because you never learned to listen to that still, small voice. Little Samuel thought that the voice of God sounded like Eli. He's like, here am I, Lord. Over and over, amen. Simon Peter was aggravated by the voice of God. Peter, do you love me? He's like, yeah, Lord. Peter, do you love me? <laughs> yes, Lord. Go and feed my sheep. <laughs> oh, the Lord's so wise. We're so dumb. That's why we're like sheep. We like sheep have gone astray. Amen. Jesus commented on the sound of his own voice. Uh, John 8, 47, Jesus said, He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. And he said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. It's a major red flag when people don't look to the word of God. And they're not following God's voice. I think there's a lot of people that claim to be sheep that are not sheep. That's a scary thought. Back to our text, Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree, whereof I commanded thee not, that thou shouldest not eat? Jump to 3.23. Genesis 3.23. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden to Eden, of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. 
since they were banished from the garden. It would seem that they lost the direct closeness with God on a daily basis. And from that day forward, there was a separation that had occurred. Sinner, save sinner. When we sin, there is a separation that occurs. When you disobey mom and dad, a direct order, there's a separation that occurs and fellowship is not right. The problem that we see nowadays is that there's Christians saved out of Egypt, but they're wandering the desert for 40 years and the symptom of their sin, miserable. Christians nowadays, by and large, live in the symptom of their sin, so used to living in their symptom, they don't even know what fellowship is like to be right with God. They don't know what real joy is to, to the, the missionary uh, Kruch, Kruchko was talking about the difference of happiness and joy. We can have happiness all day long. Man, happiness is the meal I ate last night. It was like best meal of my life. Happiness is, is, is physical things and things that can happen to us, right? But, but joy, it doesn't matter. What's being done to you? You can have the joy of the Lord in your heart. And Satan can't take that away. No terrorist can take that away. You can have the joy. I mean, talk about joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's something that, by and large, Christians don't know about. Because, because we live our lives separated from Christ. Not having that fellowship that we ought to have. Adam and Eve... Boy, can you imagine having such a closeness with God, Brother Bob? They would hear the voice of God just walking in the garden. Huh. Then they have that separated. Mm. Can you imagine the, the testimony of Adam and Eve telling their children, don't do that, don't sin, it's not worth it. I'd like to take a moment this morning, we won't be long, to look at the first recorded things that God said to man. The first thing that God ever said to man was a commandment. Look at Genesis 1.28. First thing that God ever said to man was a commandment. It says, and God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. You know what's interesting? It's the first Recorded words of Jesus' ministry were also a command. You don't have to turn there, but Matthew 4, 17 says, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's a command. Compare that to the last thing that Jesus told his disciples. You don't have to turn there, but Matthew 28, 19, we know that verse. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even in the end of the world. Amen. Number one was a command that he spoke. The first things he spoke was a command. First written words that he spoke. The second time that God spoke to Adam, number two, it was a promise. Look at Genesis 1.29. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree in the, uh, in the which is the fruit of a yielding seed, and to you it should be for meat. The second recorded time that Jesus spoke to, to his disciples' ministry was also a promise. 
You don't have to turn there, but Matthew 4.19 says, And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. When we read scripture, it ought not just be reading and moving on just to get to the next chapter, to get to the next chapter. But understand how many times has he spoke, what's the first things he spoke to man? What was the first things in uh, secession? What, what, what is it? Let's understand the mind of Christ a little bit this morning. Number three, the third thing, when God spoke, it was a warning. Genesis 2.17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. That's spiritual death. They didn't die that day. Spiritual death. I don't want separation from me and my God. I want that joy to be right. Hey, when your relationship is right with God, your relationship will be right with your spouse. It'll be right with your children. It will be right with your employer. <coughs> the word of God is filled with directional warnings. We know this to steer us in the right direction. You don't have to turn there, but Matthew 24, 37 says, But as the days of Noah were, so also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also, uh, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. And then the last recorded warning that Jesus spoke during his earthly ministry was Matthew 26, 41. He says, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. <coughs> It is such a blessing when somebody says, hey, I have an idea, then they follow through. Or, hey, I'd like to be a blessing, and then they follow through. Yeah. I can tell you, and any pastor can tell you, that a lot of people have ideas and say they want to help, and, but not willing to step up and do something. Amen. Number four, comfort and a help. Fourth thing that God said. Fourth and last thing we'll look at this morning, Genesis 2.18. And Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Do you know that God cares about our well-being, the creator of the universe? Why? We, we immediately sinned against him. How long did Adam and Eve last? A day, two days, a week, a month, a year? I don't know. It wasn't very long in the big picture, Brother Tony. I wish we could get across to our Young people, people in general, but especially our, our, our young people that, man, God loves you. Amen. He sent a son to die for the sins of the world. This isn't just a, 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 a Christian country club. We come and hang out and go back home, come and hang out, go back home. No, it's to get the gospel message out. That is our job. Our job is to be a witness when we go to work. As it tells, our job is to, to be a mirror of this word of God. And when our lives don't match up to the word of God, we are to change our lives to match what God wants. Because anything else is antichrist and heresy. You say, oh, pastor, those are harsh words. Sin is harsh. We live in a sin-sick world where our sin is so much harsher than it used to be. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. 
God cares about us. This isn't an abortion message, but man, God cares for us in the womb. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. He was talking to Jeremiah. You're not going to see that posted at some abortion clinic. Because the word of God is not going to fly there. Because it's convicting. Turn to Matthew 6, 26. This will be our last scripture, portion of scripture, and we'll close. The problem is the more selfish that we become, the more that we build up walls and we separate ourselves from Christ, the more that we think that we're like some victim. The more that we think that God doesn't love us, the more we think that God's not even around when all the time we're the ones that walk away from God. But God cares about us. Matthew 6, 26. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not. Neither do they reap, neither gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Jesus said, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? The answer, by the way, is none of us. Verse 28. And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow and they toil not. Neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or with all shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first. And here's the thing, folks. He's not just acknowledging that... that that he knows that you have all these needs. But he's saying, above all else, above everything else, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. The problem is, is we want all these things. And then, if we're not busy, if we have extra time this Sunday, We'll come to the house of God. We ought to be in the God's word every single day. This ought to be our first priority every morning when we wake up. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Verse 34, take therefore no thought for the morrow for the morrow. To take thought for the things of itself sufficient in the day is the evil thereof. God's first spoken words were number one, a commandment. Number two, a promise. Number three, a warning. Number four, comfort. And help. That's my God. He knows just what we need. We need all that. We need the comfort. We need the warning. We need a commandment. We need the comfort and help. <clears throat> you say, oh, that's Old Testament. Look, Romans 15, 4 says, what, what sort of things were written aforetime for, were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. If you're not saved this morning, you have no hope. You say, well, pastor, that's that's not a very nice thing to say. Can I tell you that the more in sin that you are, the more that it will offend you when you hear the truth? 
You say, oh, that's arrogant. No, I'm not talking about my opinion. I'm talking about what God says. If what God says offends you, it's not God that has the problem. Friend, it's you. And it's me. If I'm not living according to the word of God, I am in sin. Boy. Christ can come back anytime, church. It's high time we get serious about the things of God. And we get plugged into ministry. And not give God our leftovers, but give God the first. He knows what's best for us. Let's pray. Dear Lord. I pray that you would move upon the...